Transforming Life After Cancer. Haley Dubin shares her secrets to a wellness-driven life. Join us as we sit down with her, a cancer survivor and wellness advocate. In this insightful interview, Haley will reveal the transformative changes she made after completing her trans cancer treatment. Discover the power of nutrition beyond what's on your plate as Haley delves into the importance of finding joy in your life, surrounding yourself with positive influences, living authentically, and addressing environmental toxins. Explore the pivotal role of emotional health on your wellness journey and gain invaluable insights on how to live a truly fulfilling and authentic life. Don't miss this empowering conversation with Haley Dubin and embark on your wellness-driven journey. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Excited to introduce our guest to you today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Haley Dubin is a certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, founder of Revive Wellness, and host of the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. As a 25-year ovarian cancer survivor, her passion is to help people overcome the physical, mental, and emotional challenges that the cancer journey can bring. Her focus is on individuals who have completed treatment for cancer, as well as those with a strong family history. She helps her clients let go of their fear and take control of their health so that they can feel confident in their ability to remain cancer-free. I'm pleased to welcome Miss Haley Dubin. Hi, April. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm so excited to share with our audience today so much about your journey as a cancer survivor. I know that you have become so passionate about this subject in order to help others. So let's start from the beginning. Share with the audience a little bit about you. Well, thanks again, April. I am from Cleveland, Ohio, a small suburb. And I actually married my high school sweetheart, and we raised two boys, 24 and 27. And we still live in the same community that, that we grew up in. So it's, wow. it's special. But I am just really happy to be here. And really, the reason I'm here is because of my experience with cancer all those years ago. I think that's incredible, first off to be living in the same community that you grew up in. I mean, what is that like, Haley? Because I certainly don't share that experience. I'd love to say that I do, but 
do you guys have friendships that have just gone on for a lifetime? And same with your boys, I imagine. Yes, it is so amazing. Actually, there it's a tiny, tiny school, and we had 133 people in our class, and there were many marriages. It, it was amazing. That doesn't happen now as much, but back then, and we have such close, dear friends that we have remained just close with to this day, and they they live in this area too. Not the same suburb, but but close. Well, and Haley, it's a beautiful rarity to be married for that long nowadays as well. So congratulations on that. I love that story first off. And let's talk a little bit about the cancer journey. Now, what happened previously? Because oftentimes we like to say that life just gets all of those stressors and it starts building up within us and it creates, you know, a disease externally. So what was that like for you? What do you believe, if any, that something may have been the cause of that? It's such a good question because I know at the time, I mean, I was 29 years old. I had a two-year-old at the time and I was, you know, managing marriage and, and having a child and my career. And I did, I felt totally stressed out and, and I knew I was out of balance. And I even remember saying to my husband, if something doesn't change, I'm going to get sick. And, you know, it's amazing what our intuition tells yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, you know, at the time, um, I was having pain and I went to the doctor and they said, I think it could be gas. Just go home and take some gas pills. And I'm thinking, I've never had gas like that in my life. That cannot be what it is. I didn't take yeah. it. And then it got worse. And I ended up in the emergency room. They thought it was my appendix. And then um, someone did an ultrasound, saw something, and then I needed to go in and and take care of it. So they, they didn't know if it was cancer. They said I would need surgery to remove it. And then all I remember is waking up in the recovery room to my husband's face. And he was so close to me. And he said, you have to survive. And I can't believe I remember it because I was so out of it, but it was so clear. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It That's was moving. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was it, it was a tough time. Um, and, you know, when I came to, I remember hearing that I had stage three ovarian cancer. So it spread to my colon. Yeah, as well as my appendix. And the doctors said that I would need surgery as well as chemotherapy. And they said I would need a total hysterectomy. And that was so sad for us because we were trying at the time to have a second child. So, um, and you, you have two boys. I do. Okay. <laughs> the story is getting good. Yes. It's a yeah. great story. Yes. So, um, I'm trying to think of, of what I wanted to tell you. Um, well, I, oh, yeah, I, so, oh, I'm sorry. I, I remember. Okay. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so after treatment was over, I, I, during treatment, I had to stay in the hospital for five days each time. And it was very toxic. It was very tough. And I remember when I was finished, 
the doctor saying to me, you're cancer free. And I remember feeling just so worried. I, I knew that it should be a cause of celebration, but I felt nothing like celebrating. I mm. felt just more apprehensive. What am I going to do now? You know, now that I don't have the doctors and the nurses looking over me. So mm. it was, it was very scary. And I, I remember asking the oncologist all kinds of questions about what I could do to, to remain cancer free. And, you know, I asked him about diet and, and they had no idea. And yeah. I asked about a support group and there was no support group for me because I was too young. And I just, you know, left there thinking, what am I going to do? And, and I remember he said to me, just go back to living your normal life and I'll see you in three months. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I, um, I have to do something. I, I can't just wait for my three-month checkup to see if I'm healthy. Wow. You know, you're you're saying so many interesting things when in the fear, I, I can sense that when you have experienced something very traumatic where you don't know if tomorrow is gonna come, and then okay, everything's fine. Just go back to normal and not having that support. It, it's surprising that there's no support and, you know, there's, there's really not a whole lot of follow-up as far as that goes. So it makes sense then how you became so passionate to come to where you are today, to be able to give people that sense of community and that follow-up that's really vital to something like this. Well, yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, because I just felt like if I'm feeling this way, other people must be feeling this way. And it's amazing how often I hear people say that that's the scariest time, more so than going through treatment and well, getting diagnosed. Which yeah, is the fear of the unknown, of the what's next, what if it comes back. Exactly. So what did you do then? Well, I had a long discussion with my husband um, because I knew I had to manage stress. And I was working a job that I was supposed to be working part-time and it was nothing like that. It was full-time and I was just, I knew I was just, burning the candle at both ends. So we talked about me staying home with my two-year-old. And luckily, you know, with his support, we were able to do that. And during that time, I just really reflected on, on what I need to do to remain healthy for my family. And, you know, I would read any kind of self-help book I can get my hands on. I went to nutrition lectures, you know, anything I can do. Um, to, to take some control back. You know, you feel like you're so out of control during that time. Like yeah. you don't have a, you don't have control over your body, you know? Right. Haley, do you feel like being a parent, being a mother helped propel you to some of those choices that you made to do whatever you could to take care of yourself? And did it inspire you to push harder? Oh, uh, there's no doubt about it. 
Yes. I had this active two-year-old at home and I would do anything to, to remain healthy so I can watch him grow up. And being a mother, by the way, is in and of itself, especially for an active two-year-old as a full-time job, isn't it? So I I can imagine trying to wear so many different hats. I, um, I don't even have to say I can imagine. I've been there. I've done that. And Yes. So it's definitely a time. I feel like when we get so ill, it's like it's it's our bodies and our greater source saying, slow down. And like you said, you went into self-reflection mode. Absolutely. Yes. It's it's this knock on the door telling you something has to change. And I always tell people it's not to blame yourself forgetting a disease or getting cancer, but just to reflect on what can I do? How can I change my life? Because something wasn't working. So you read a lot of self-help books. You dived into nutrition. What were some of the things that really influenced you or really popped up first and foremost to start making changes? Uh, Such a good question. I mean, you know, I would read Ah, oh, Louise Hay, you know, how to heal your body, mm-hmm. um, all these positive messages that you can give your body, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, how can you settle your nervous system? Um, being outside in nature, you know, is so helpful. And if you do what you love, you know, what are those things that just fill you up, light your soul? that you love to do and you're not thinking of, of all these bad things, you know, um, gratitude was, was a big one. Very big. Uh, my best friend gave me a, a journal during my treatments and just said, write three to five things you're grateful for every day. Yeah. And she, she saw it on Oprah Winfrey and I'm a big Oprah fan. So I'm like, okay, if Oprah says do it, I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I did that. And then, yeah, the, the nutrition aspect, it, it was small baby steps. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting because at the time, all my friends thought, oh my gosh, you're so healthy. How could you get cancer? You eat vegetables. None of us eat vegetables, you know, that kind of thing. You exercise. Mm. But I later found out that, you know, all these processed foods we eat just – are so unhealthy for us and they have so many fats that are not healthy for us. And, you know, just began to eat real food. You know, that's the big thing I tell people when you want to start, start small and, and eat real food, not from a box or a package. Yeah. 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 So I agree with you 100%. I remember that on my own wellness journey, which has been most of my life, I've lived with an autoimmune disease. And so taking care of myself or wellness came at the forefront early, early on. And especially when I had children, because I didn't want my children to have to take care of an ill parent. Like that was not going to happen never going to (laughs) happen. Wouldn't allow it. So I furiously researched similarly into nutrition, what I put in on and around my body. And it really did begin with nutrition. I would say from that early learning stage on, on, uh, 
you know, everything that goes in our food, all the things that we're really unaware of. And it's definitely starting to come to the forefront now. And I'm so pleased for that. But it definitely started there, I would say. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, it, it's what we eat, what we put on our bodies, and actually how we eat. You know, we're always in such a rush. We're just yeah. scarfing food down. And I tell people, you know, really take it slow. When you are eating a beautiful salad with tons of, you know, different vegetables and all different colors, act like it's medicine for your body and just slow down and enjoy it. And, and think about your cells, you know, jumping up and down in happiness because they're eating that great food for them. You know, it's medicine. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. And, you know, and I always tell people, try to eat the rainbow. Um, you know, they have phytochemicals in, in them, all these bright, bright colors, and they protect our cells from free radical damage. So, you know, all those environmental toxins we're surrounded by when you eat all those good colors from berries and different different vegetables you're you're doing your body so so much good and you know actually the same cruciferous vegetables are fabulous um they help rid the body from carcinogens and they um protect they also protect our cells but they inhibit the growth of cancer cells. So as many cruciferous vegetables as you can eat. I know sometimes, you know, they cause a little gas, so you have to be careful. But uh, broccoli sprouts, that is something I just add to my salads. You know, you can add a half a cup to a cup, just maybe start small. And those have a 100 times the sulforaphane, so the sulfur compound that I was talking about that inhibits the growth of cancer cells. So that is just mm. a great, great tip for people to to incorporate in their diet. I love that. And, you know, so, so much of this topic, Haley, is about trying to think about ways, the discussion of ways that we can really do our best to avoid disease. And, you know, it sounds to me, this has been many, many years of, a death sentence to your flourishing. And so it sounds to me like diet is such a huge aspect of that for you. It really is. And because, you know, that's where you can control what you're, you're doing. You can control what you're putting on your fork, right? I mean, yeah. we have how many times a day do we eat? You know, it depends. I, I do intermittent fast. I don't know if that's something you you do. Um, it has great results in cancer recovery and, and also um, it helps with treatment. It helps yeah. it be more effective and have less side effects. So, so that's something I do as well. And, you know, anyone's welcome to ask me any questions about that. But um, yeah, what you put on your fork is so, so important. And I, I think people don't realize that, you know, and, and also like the sugar, refined sugar is just so, so bad for us. And I know it's hard to give up, but I can promise you once you do, it becomes so much easier. You don't even crave it at all. How, what are some of the things that you, you know, started to replace sugar with? Let's just give that to our audience. Ah, such a good question. You know, I started off just having 
different fruits um, to help and slowly see to me, you have to do things slow because if you if you do it like too quickly, then people feel like they're depriving themselves and they want to just grab it and and just binge on it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I slowly took out, um, I, I wouldn't eat cookies, let's say, and instead I would have berries and berries are so sweet. And I know people are like, oh gosh, that's not fun. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you, as you probably know, April, they taste amazing and they're mm -hmm. low in sugar. And when you give up some of those carbs, th some of those refined carbohydrates, yeah. you just don't crave the sugar anymore. Yeah. No, you, you don't. I, I think overall, when you start eating um, natural foods, farm to table, so to speak, it definitely, your body starts loving that. And when you do have, let's say fast food, it doesn't taste the same anymore. It's like, what is this plastic I'm eating? <laughs> and that so that's true. what I have found to be true anyway. And, and I do love your example of fruit. I think fruit is one of nature's most lovely candies that we could have. And, you know, I would add to that. I, I think that honey is a great option. You know, if you're, if you've really got that sugar craving, um, some of the things that I love to do is I'll eat a spoonful of honey or I have a little piece of dark chocolate. And again, reading those labels, because not all chocolate is created the same. They like to push in all of those additives that if you can't pronounce it, then don't eat it, you know, don't get it. And, and it's, it's not always fun when you have to read labels, but doesn't it make a difference when it matters how you feel? And so I read the labels and I make sure that I go with the brands that I trust. And then another good option like fruit, we keep fruit out on the counters because it's easily accessible. You don't forget about it. And then, um, sometimes I'll put that honey in the tea or, uh, What's the other thing I keep thinking of? Um, oh, I can't remember. It'll come to me. I did have a comment that came in. Cynthia says fruits and nuts, and uh, they're great options in alkaline water. Would you agree with that? Yes. You know, I was going to say when it comes to water, definitely get a filter if you can. Um, a Berkey is a great option, or if you get, can get a whole house water filter, because there's so many pesticides and herbicides and even pharmaceutical drugs in our water. So it becomes very, very important. And another tip, <laughs> it just made me think of another tip. And thank you, Cynthia. I, I thought of, you know, if to tell if you're dehydrated, you can pinch the top of your hand. And if it doesn't, if the skin stays on, stays up longer, you're dehydrated. I don't so think it goes I'm down right away. Good. Yes. And you, you know, really to drink, that's great. <laughs> and to drink half your body weight in ounces is a really good place to start. Uh, so you weigh, say, 100 pounds, you know, 50 ounces of water a day. You know, another really great thing that I learned recently, too, uh, I'm adding a lot to the show today, too. <laughs> I'm in there with you, Haley. <laughs> you but, like uh, 
Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, well, I'm very passionate about it, such as yourself. I mean, that's why I have guests such as yourself to really be able to share different perspectives into the world. But um, vegetables and fruit that are really water soluble and how that also does help us to give us that that we need the replenishment. Watermelon is an incredible. So then you get that sweet and, and you get hydrated. So some of those are really great options that you could munch on. Yeah. And cucumbers are fantastic. I would just say, you know, we have to be careful with some of the fruits um, because they're higher in sugar. And when you're in a cancering process, mm. you know, cancer does feed on sugar, on glucose. Yeah. So we don't want to raise our blood glucose too much. So, you know, I really recommend testing your blood sugar. You can go get a glucose monitor. Those things are really important when you're going through a cancering process. So I just wanted to, mm. to put that in there. And, you know, even with the honey, like just to be careful. Right, right. What are some of the other things that you've learned on this journey with cancer? Oh, I learned so much. Um, I, I learned that I have to live with integrity to my true authentic mm -hmm. self. You know, people ask me all the time, what is the biggest lesson you learned and what do you think has helped you the most remain cancer-free all these years? And to be honest with you, that's the number one thing I can think of. If something's bothering me, I need to speak my truth. Mm -hmm. Um, you need to stand up for yourself, you know, even with doctor's visits. I mean, we think, you know, doctors are wearing a white coat and they know everything and, and we could be intimidated by them, but we have to come prepared with questions and, and, you know, really advocate for ourselves. It, it becomes so, so important in any health journey. And gosh, what else did I learn? Um, you know, Obviously, I, I learned um, what are the most important things to me, and, and, and that's family and friendships that have gone on for years. Um, you know, I was so blessed to have so much support during my time that I was going through treatment. Um, you know, my dad slept over, my sister slept over, my husband slept in the hospital. Like, I had people switching off all the time. So... I'm just saying support is just huge in this process. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have family around, then find a friend, you know, find a community. You could even find a community on Facebook now. You know, all these yeah. online resources are so helpful. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that community is a key factor. I love that you had all that support. And, you know, as human beings, we, we have to have that. There's so much documented now on how that affects us. If we talk about the power of prayer, for example, when there are many of us that come together and we're intentional about our thoughts of healing towards somebody that has a profound effect. Oh, I love that you brought that up because it reminded me, my mother worked at a Jewish school at the time. And the rabbi, she said that the rabbi prayed for me and had everyone in his community pray for me. And just mm. hearing that made me feel amazing. It yeah. just made me feel comforted. Yeah. 
So I hear so much of what you said was um, really living authentically, speaking your truth, living uh, from your listening to your intuition really is a lot of what that is. And uh, that community piece. Absolutely. And, you know, you made me think too, appreciating your body, you know, we're mm-hmm. so hard on our bodies. And even, especially after cancer, you know, we might have scars and we're hard on ourselves. And, and I invite you to appreciate your body for what it's given you. You know, did it give your, your children or were you able to walk a mile today? What are those things Mm -hmm. that your body does for you? I mean, our bodies are miraculous. So I wanted to mention that as well, because I know people struggle with that a lot. Just just being very hard on our bodies. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, from the moment I had children, my body was no longer what it was, right? They're constantly changing and to still love that beauty. And I also hear celebrating the wins of what we can do. And you, you just gave an example of, you know, I walked so far today and I was able to do that. Thank you you know, thank yourself for being able to do that and celebrate those small wins. That is so true. I mean, I think about that because I, well, I know we'll see a picture later, but I love pickleball and I'm so grateful that I can play and I, you know, I'll touch my knees. Thank you so much for holding out so I could still play. And I just thank Mm -hmm. my body. And, you know, it reminds me of gratitude when, when you're grateful, you'll have more to be grateful for. So keep loving on that body and your body will, will do good things for you. I love those all, all great things, all great tips. So we're going to move into our first commercial. And when we get back, we'll share those incredible pictures that you shared with me. Stay tuned. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis break through all of that working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want 
they are thrilled with your coaching techniques, they're getting the results they want, you feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want, it's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. Mm, Ah, hypnotherapy, another powerful tool you can put into your tool belt. So you can learn more about that in the description below. And if any of you are interested, Manly and I are attending, so you can join us there. So back to you, Haley. I'm excited to share some of these photos that you have. You have a passion, and that passion is pickleball. (laughs) It is. I don't know if you play, but I used to play tennis and I started playing pickleball during the pandemic because I was thinking, what are we going to do during the pandemic? I have to do something. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we learned pickleball, friends and I, my husband, and I just love it. It makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is definitely a, a very happy woman right here playing that. And I don't play it. I, but man, it's a hot topic nowadays. You know, that is like the sport of the century, I would say. And so this is, you know, your team you have here, it seems. Yeah. So we love to celebrate birthdays by playing pickleball. So this is a big group of us celebrating someone's birthday and we blast music and just have the best time. Oh my gosh, I love that. You you really do have a sense of community here. And I, I love that. Oh, and this is my family. <laughs> this is my husband, Larry. And the one in the red, the tall one, is Brett. And Justin is my younger one. He's 24 and Brett's 27. And I wanted to talk about Justin really quickly because yeah, no, we, didn't I get to, to. we didn't get to that. No, um, this is like your, your miracle boy. Oh, I can't tell you how amazing, um, you know, because we were just so sad that we can no longer have children or I can no longer bear children. And Justin came into our lives a year after I was finished with treatment. And it was such a miracle because I actually spoke to my husband's best friend's mother because she worked at an agency, letting her know that we want to adopt. And Mm. and she told us that it would be very difficult, that Mm. it could take a very long time to get a domestic child. And, And that's what we were looking for only because we had a biological son and we wanted to make it as easy as possible for whoever we adopted and all of a sudden it's mother's day i mean a couple months after i talked to her and i get this message on my voicemail saying i know someone who knows someone (laughs) who is having a baby and 
just isn't able to take care of the baby, would you be willing? And I mean, right away, I call, I, I mean, I couldn't be more excited. I called her and I said, yes, yes. And <laughs> I mean, he was born, this was in May, a Mother's Day, and he was born July 8th. And we saw him in the hospital that day and we had him three days later and uh, it was just incredible. And I am so, so grateful. That is so sweet. I could feel that joy just radiating. Yes. <laughs> and there yes, they are. They're the two boys together. And when they're together, there's nothing like that. It makes me so happy. <laughs> they're not together a lot. They don't live in the same city. And so when they're together, it's so nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so these all make me laugh. So I love to go hiking and we have a, a little group we go with and um, just getting out there. I mean, I crave it. You know, I just can't wait to get out into the woods. And this is actually two people in my little hiking group and one has a dog and I just snapped the picture. They didn't even realize they snapped the picture, but it's just so pretty. It is. It's beautiful. And you have mentioned the importance you feel of getting out in nature and getting that outdoor aspect. So I, I would love to highlight that and talk about that more. What's this That's picture? So true. Okay, so this is at the Cleveland Metro Parks. So this is at the place that you just saw the other picture from. So we just a bunch of us took a picture in front of in front of the sign. It was my birthday, and and I'm like, mm. let's get a picture. So yeah, I mean, getting out in nature it actually increases increases our natural killer cells, and so those are those little Pac-Man's. You know, just picture little Pac-Man's eating away at those immune cells. I mean, I'm sorry, at those immune cells. Those, those cancer cells or any cell that's not producing what you want it to produce. That's and a cool way to, I mean, I love Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. And so that is such a cool way to present that. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's great to imagine that, you know, just when you're doing these great things for your body, imagine Pac-Man, just getting rid of anything that that's not good, you know, and it, it's so important to visualize because, you know, the power of your mind is, is, is so, so strong. And, you know, there's been so many cases of, of people that had very bad diagnosis and, and they believed that they could get well and they did. I mean, I have so yeah. many more, I have so many examples of that, you know, from my podcast. Yeah. Tell me from those incredible stories that you've had the opportunity to listen to, be a part of, what is something that struck you the most? What was something that was the most profound that you have heard so far? Uh, that is so difficult to answer because, you know, I have practitioners um, that are thinking outside the box to heal cancer. And then I also have amazing survivors that have just done, done incredible things after their journey. But I have to say, if I, I can't just pick one, but I'm going to pick this one survivor that had a glioblastoma. And I, if you want to look up on the podcast, her name, I, she won't care, is Jennifer Dickinson. And she actually wrote a book called The Case for Hope. And the doctors told her she had no chance to survive. Um, and she decided if she could find one person 
that survived this disease. So can she. And it's been 12 years and she's thriving. So she was just such an inspiration. But I have a million. There's so many um, unbelievable stories. So she must have found someone that had survived to, to you know, help ignite that flame back. Exactly. That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's and impressive how, you know, if, if we look historically, you know, we talk about the fastest runner, so to speak. Um or as an example. And so we could only on record run this fast as a human being. Right. And then somebody meets that and then many other follow suit. And then we surpass that and we just continue to do all of these incredible things and inspire and achieve and just break those barriers. Ah, oh, so true. And that's why I love connecting with people like you and, and all these other people I connect with on my podcast, because everyone has a story and, and everyone's overcoming something, you know, so we can give each other hope. And that's just the most important thing to me. So Haley, you've, you've talked about a few things that you started to do when you first came out of the cancer treatment, et cetera. And now you interview so many other people on their own journeys through cancer. Has there been new and insightful things that you have taken to put into your toolbox to use? Mm. I mean, I have to tell you, I don't know if you know Dr. Nisha Winters, but I interviewed her and she wrote a book called The Metabolic Approach to Cancer. Mm. And she is a powerhouse. I mean, she had ovarian cancer at age 19. Um, she couldn't eat. And, and she tells us that she thinks she survived this cancer because of fasting, because she couldn't eat. And interesting. this yeah. whole, yes, this whole metabolic approach. I mean, this isn't something that is new. Otto Warburg won a Nobel Peace Prize um, saying that, cancer was, you know, a metabolic disease and a mitochondrial. Well, it's really ridding the body of all of the toxins and you're not continuing to add to that. So it wouldn't make sense then. Exactly. Exactly. That, you know, genes were, we, you know, we might have a BRCA gene or a different gene, but that does not mean we're going to get cancer. 95% of the cancers are not are due to lifestyle and, and diet and not these genes. So it's so important to know, you know, that we can, we can change the expression of our genes. Yes. Oh, and it reminds me, oh, I get so excited, but I interviewed Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and he wrote the book biology of belief. Mm -hmm. And he tells us that our, our genes are not our destiny and Right. how important epigenetics is, which I'm sure you yeah. know about, but I'm not I sure do. the audience does. Yeah. I love it. And it's fascinating. I mean, and I mean, really a big takeaway is they can be turned on and because they can be turned on, they can be turned off. So, you know, we, we may be born with all of these dormant disease factors, right? And then they can be turned on. And oftentimes that's based on stress in our life. And, it, you know, really fascinating during the pandemic, the global pandemic, many, many people had those turned on, 
right? And so then disease started coming forth or they weren't even able to survive. There were many who perished, unfortunately, as we know. And yet, again, the good news is, is because they can be turned on, they can be turned off. And so I love that aspect. And it does say that it doesn't define you. So just because somebody says, oh, well, it's just who you are because it's through your family history. And that's simply not true as we have found out now. And I just, I do, Haley, I love sharing that, that we have so much science to back everything. And so much of the essence of really what I want to share on this show is that we are so much more powerful than you know. Yes. Yes. We have everything inside of us to heal. We really do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's incredible. I love that you've had so many awesome guests that you continue to learn and grow and find out more in order to share that with others. Now, you mentioned at one point uh, to me prior to the show that you had like this seven steps. Now, have you been mentioning that throughout the show or is there something more that you want to share about that? Yeah. So on my website, I have my um, seven top tips to keep cancer away and feel confident in your body again. And some of them I did mention, you know, with the cruciferous vegetables, um, it gives a little more detail, but green tea, that's mm. fantastic uh, to add, you know, matcha tea. It has a compound called ECGC and great anti-cancer properties. So even having like two cups a day has great benefits. Um, you know, again, another one of the steps was gratitude. And I did talk about that, you know, it just, it changes your mindset. And like we spoke about our mindset is so important. Our thoughts, attitudes, and perceptions of the world, you know, if we're in this negative mindset all the time, it, it's going to be very difficult to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. And so people can find that on your website and I made sure to display that. And also for everyone to know that that is going to be in the description below. So those of you who are tuning in now or listening to the replay or tuning in on one of the podcasts, it is www.revivewellness.com. Now you have this really fun word and, 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 and play on words that you utilize for your business. Can you tell me how you came to that, to the revive wellness? Yeah. So I felt like, as we spoke about after cancer, I was depleted. You know, I went through all this treatment. I was exhausted. It, it, it you know, even mentally, it, it, it gets to you. It's tough. And I know people listening can relate. So I wanted something simple that would just tell what I'm about and, mm -hmm. and really about helping people feel better, revive their, their lives and their, and transform their health. Now is the, Revive, is there any acronyms for anything that you've come up with or? No, no, just, just the word revive, you know, when no, you're I in like a, like a bad space and, and then you, you revive yourself. So what are some of the things that you offer to your clients or to the people that come into contact with you? 
So I do a three-month program with my clients. So it's one-on-one. And we work on everything from nutrition to stress management to mindset. Um, We talked about earlier, I know you mentioned the environmental toxins. Hmm. Those are so important to address. We are surrounded by them. Even if you live in the country, you're still surrounded by them. So it's definitely something to to look at extensively. Um, We look at how can you nurture your soul? You know, what are those things that lift you up? Are you in relationships that suck your energy? Are you in relationships that, that make you feel great? Those are a great point. I like the the aspect when we start to consider who we spend our time with and how that really has an effect on our energy levels. And, you know, because we're energetic beings, really having an understanding of that and how all of the things that we interact with, whether it be, you know, environmental in so many different ways, it, it can be, you know, your home. Is it is it tidy? Um, the people that you spend your time with, even where you reside, makes a difference. That is completely true. And you just reminded me about your home. I mean, mold is an issue for a lot of people and and people don't realize, you know, why are they having these symptoms? Why are they blocked up all the time? And so even checking for mold is is very important and clearing out that mold from your system. So there's so many things involved and, you know, people think, or I don't know if they think, but they want a quick fix when it comes to healing cancer, but there Mm. there just isn't. There's so many aspects to look at and you have to look at the whole person. Right. And would you say that it's a continuous journey? There is no doubt about it. It's something, you know, when my friends say to me, oh, have a piece of cake or you're, you know, you're so neurotic about what you eat. I feel that I have to work harder than the average person and, and I'm okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel great. I don't feel deprived. My clients don't feel deprived. And this is a great way to live, you know, with energy and vitality. Well, I really like that you point that out, Haley, because I think that's really revealing and, and why so many people make different choices. Um, you said, I feel like I have to work harder than everybody else. Because the truth is, it's easy to do whatever we want to do, right? To It's easy to not take care of ourselves, to make the choice of sitting on the couch and watching a show, which you should totally do, not every day, <laughs> right? Great shows. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, but really having sometimes I think balance is overused, but I don't know any other way to explain it. But, you know, when we have that physical movement and making that choice, making the choice to take care of the vessel that we're in and because it makes all the difference and it's the choice of, do I want to do this action now or pay a different price later? Absolutely. Yes. And I hope people listening hear that loud and clear. You know, there's a way to get out of any disease you have, whether it's diabetes, whether it's it's being overweight, whether it's lupus, cancer, all these things. Hmm. 
Haley, what are some of the things that being said that you do on a daily basis to help maintain your wellness? Well, one of the biggest things we talked about is, is getting outside in nature. It, it just calms me down. Uh, I have this uh, community garden that I love working in and mm. I just feel at peace there. And I, so I think settling down any way you can is, is so, so important. And Did then, you say slowing down? Oh, I said settling down. Oh, slowing settling down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Perfect. And, and feeding yourself things that nourish you, that, that make you feel good. I mean, you know, there could be certain foods that you just don't agree with you and you might think they're healthy and you keep eating them. Well, if they don't make you feel good, they're not good for you. So it's really being attuned to your body. So I'm very attuned to my body. Uh, other things I, I get in a sauna about three times a week just to detox. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a nice little amazing. Yeah, that's a nice little add-on because I think there's there's a a lot of people that say there's immense health benefits to that. Yes, yes. I have a far infrared sauna. And besides calming me down so much, uh, you just sweat all those toxins, the heavy metals. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are around pollution, which most of us are, you're, you're getting rid of some of that. So it's just a great, great way to detox. And if you, you know, can't get your own, I mean, there's other ways to do it. I mean, exercise, sweat, get out and, and, and sweat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what else, what else I do. I definitely try to drink a lot of water. I'll sometimes put lemon in it, you know, something to make it taste better. So I drink more of it. Mm. Um, I am gluten-free, so that's been a big thing for me because I have an autoimmune issue. Also, I I have Hashimoto's, Mm -hmm. which was kind of discovered after my digestive system was so bad for so Mm -hmm. long because I had 22 inches of my colon removed, and I just, no one told me that I could have major (laughs) issues, and I just was eating whatever and not feeling great. So I, you know, everything's a process. I later learned that how much that helps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course we've heard a lot of testimony on that. What are some of your favorite things if you do it to kind of replace that, that gluten aspect? If you, if you want kind of more of that, you know, heavier sort of food, are are there things that you love that you've found to replace it with? You know, I, since I am, I didn't, well, I didn't say this, but I am studying under Dr. Nisha Winters um, to be a metabolic terrain advocate. And they are, yeah, so it's pretty, it's been incredible, but they're very big on very low carbohydrates. And I, and there's science to back it up. Like we talked about, you know, that it raises your blood sugar too much and all that. And so I've really eliminated most of, of the things like I, you know, I don't eat gluten-free pretzels or, um, once in a while I I will admit, I want a bagel lox and cream cheese sandwich. Like it's just something I grew up on. And so I'll get a gluten-free bagel or a, or bread or something like that. So, so once in a while I'll do that. I don't say, Oh, I can't have anything, you know, no one can live like that. But 
like I said before, it's just when you give up things, it's amazing how your body adjusts. And mm. um, but you replenish it with all these amazing things, vegetables and and fruits and 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 there's nothing wrong with some, you know, clean protein, clean meat, uh, as long as it's pasture raised and hopefully organic, um, because, you know, we we absorb what what they're eating, what these cows are eating. So I'm I'm big on, you know, trying to, to find the best source for for food. Well, you know, so much of our topic today is revolving around diet and food um, as you've spoken. And so what are some of your favorite go to foods and or your also your favorite meal? So your favorite go to foods and your favorite meal that you just love? Yeah, so it's so for lunch. You know, I love to do a big salad and I will put broccoli sprouts on it and I'll put cucumbers. I actually I have cucumbers from my garden, so that's kind of fun. And um, I, you know, I'll do some some turkey. Uh, I will do organic chicken I'll put on it. And then I did this yesterday and today and it was so good. I just sprinkled lemon, olive oil, no, no measurement, just actually a lot of olive oil. Olive oil is so healthy for you. So you don't have to worry about these healthy fats. You know, people are so afraid of eating fat, but it it's so, so healthy for you and you want to increase your omega-3 content. So I, I love to make salmon and it's such an easy thing to make. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Sometimes I'll do a smoothie if I'm in the mood, you know, if, if I just want something quick. So I, I, I'll put kale and I actually have that in my garden, which is fun and mm. berries, just some frozen berries. And sometimes I'll do collagen powder, just kind of depends what I'm in the mood for or another protein powder. And I love nuts and seeds. You know, you, I definitely have to be careful with that because if I eat too many, I get a stomach ache. <laughs> and so those are kind of addicting. That is probably one of my vices. And mm -hmm. I love, I always have matcha tea on a regular basis because I, it's an, it's an acquired taste, but I love it. It's like my coffee, you know? Yeah. Well, it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that like a, a greater form of green tea? It is. Yeah. You are correct. Yes. So it yeah. has more of that ECGC in it. It's more right. concentrated because it's from the tea leaf and it's, you know, again, I'm drinking it and I'm like, oh, this is so healthy for my body. Yeah. Okay. So Haley, what is the next thing for you? You're doing these incredible things. You have your podcast, you're talking to all the people making great connections. What is next for you? Well, you met Anne Crook and yeah. she was on the show and her and I are going to do a program together. It's going to be a three month group program because we realized it's so nice for people to get support from a group. And we are so excited about it. We're working diligently on, on putting it together and learning how to get it online and all this stuff. So we're looking at next spring, but it's going to be amazing and look out for that. Anne was wonderful. She was lovely. So definitely be sure to check out her interview and see what she's all about. Now, this 
new program that you two are creating and so excited about. I think so much when we create a program and we have that amount of passion behind it, it turns out to be such an incredible thing. And community is, is a beautiful thing. I love most of the time when I'm involved with other people, because there's so many more people to support you as opposed to a one-on-one -on -one. there's times and places for that, but community programs are really, really fun and powerful. So tell me what is, what does it entail? Is it stemmed around cancer or is it something that's different? Yeah. So it does stem around cancer and we are looking at women who have finished treatment with can for cancer and and do have that fear around recurrence and are looking for ways to to get healthy and and feel vibrant so we will have you know many many exciting things in it we'll have we'll have speakers guest speakers and we'll have a big nutrition piece and lots of accountability so people don't have trouble making changes um definitely talking about the stress and the digestive system and all the all the good things to to remain healthy so and this has really been incredible because you know from the beginning journey that you've had when you were first experiencing you were diagnosed with cancer you went through the treatment you did all the things and they told you that there wasn't a support that there was no follow-up and now all of the things that you're doing and really being able to offer that for others and the passion behind that. I think that's absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for being here to share that wisdom and that knowledge. Do you have anything else that you want to share with the audience today? Well, April, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. And I just wanted to tell the audience, don't give up hope always get support. You know, people are so afraid to get support, but there's so many people out there that, that want to help and don't give up. You know, if just like that person I interviewed said, if one person can heal, so can you. Mm, I love that. I like to say that people who want to heal research people who have healed. And so that's exactly what we're doing here today. Thank you again so much for sharing your light and your wisdom with the world. Thank you for being a guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. And thank you for all of you who have tuned in today and who are going to be watching this replay. And I would like to say goodbye for now, and we will see you later.